Welcome to another episode of There is a System to This Madness. I am your host, Osaze Shabazz. Today is July 27th, 2020. Let's get right into it. Georgia, great state of Georgia, is where the governor who has inputted restrictions for the citizens of the state, however, lifting the restrictions on businesses, so I don't know how do you do that, you have to wear a mask everywhere else, but you don't have to wear a mask in businesses, so we pretty much know who's controlling him, but either way, the governor of Georgia is suing the mayor of Atlanta because she has made wearing a mask mandatory. She pretty much has not restricted businesses. However, she basically has stated that you have to wear a mask at all times, particularly when you're going in places of business. So the governor, not wanting to be upstaged, wants to have his say-so and files a lawsuit against her, which ironically, he files the lawsuit the same day that his boy and president of the United States, Donald Trump, is visiting Georgia. So I'm sure before that conversation took place or before that visit took place, excuse me, I'm sure he had to show that, you know, he was he was controlling his slaves. So I'm sure, you know, pretty much like a little dog wagging his tail, he probably is like, let me show you what I'm doing, because I'm sure Trump came to town saying, okay, I need to see some results, because mask wearing is bad for him. Mask wearing makes him look incompetent. So one of the major cities in the country, the mayor has mandated that you have to wear a mask. And what, what you got to realize is so ironic is that there are, if I'm correct, there are like five other cities in the state of Georgia where the mayors have mandated that you have to wear a mask. But for some reason, this governor is going after Mayor Bottoms and he's filing a lawsuit. I don't even know if something like that has ever happened. I never I never heard that. I mean, think about it. And, and you, you, the thing is, Mayor Bottoms, from her own personal testimony, where her family, including herself, had contacted the coronavirus 
you know, everything went well. They recovered. However, so she knows firsthand the complications of this illness. So she mandated that a mask be worn. And he sits there and say, no, don't do it. And like I said, you know, going back to the fact that there are several other mayors in this state that have issued this order. But why is he going after Mayor Bottoms? I mean, well, I should say, I'm, I'm going to use my own theory. Mayor Bottoms is really, in my opinion, in the final four of being vetted to being vice president of the United States. It is believed that she is one of the leading candidates of being selected. It's, it's, no, it's, it's no secret. She is being vetted. That's, that's a fact. I mean, I know that, you know, that's just, I'm not going to say it's just common sense, but I know that. She is being vetted to be a, a candidate for vice president of the United States. And if you want to even go further down the road with this, to my understanding, Joe Biden has stated that he really is going to only do one term. At 78 years old, he's basically saying if he wins this election, he's going to do one term. So with that in mind, and you have to realize pretty much, if I'm correct, I say Final Four because it's, it's four black women. But to my understanding, it's, I know Elizabeth Warren, Warren excuse me, is in the running. And I want to say it was another person, but I, I, the name slips my mind right now. So I want to say there's probably like six individuals. So we'll say the final six. However, out of that final six, four are black women. I'm disappointed that who I favor, Stacey Abrams, is not in that group. But I mean, the the four, they're 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 interesting, very interesting. Um, but what you have to realize, whoever this individual is, they are really considered to be president of the United States in training, providing that the Democrats win the presidency and the next four years, nothing disastrous happens. Cause I'm thinking the only thing that Joe Biden has to do for the next four years is just go on a friendship building tour. At least, you know, I wouldn't, I was, you know, I would say first 100 days, it'll probably be more like the first two, 300 days. His first year in office, he's just going to do a world tour and just, you know, basically apologizing. Yeah, you know, we messed up. We let a dumbass in office and pretty much forgive us. How can we make it up to you? Come to the White House, 
you know, come to DC, get you some ribs, blah, 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 blah. And pretty much within a year, year and a half maybe, everything we, you know, got everything back up. We got treaties that we used to be a part of back in place, you know, things are balanced. And oh my God, if we can take the Senate, if the Democrats can take the Senate, oh wow, I mean, we can right side this ship in a minute. So the thing is, you know, this, I mean, that's all this term would be. That's all his first term would be. It's just, I mean, to be truthful, it may sound difficult, but really, that's probably going to be an easy term for anybody. All you got to do is just basically, yeah, sorry, yeah, we messed up. We let, you know, we let y'all down, blah, blah, blah. While at the same time, whoever that VP is, they just basically, they're polishing themselves. They're getting the ins and outs. They're learning everything to the point where, you know, if Biden lives up to his word, because, I mean, yeah, power is something. He might get a taste of that power, and he'd be like, you know what, at, what, he'll be 80, 82. I'm in good health. I'm, the people love me. My numbers are out the ceiling. You know what, I might run again. And you know what, if, if that happened, all well and good. That individual could, you know, they'll do another term as VP, these women pretty much are, you know, from, from a seasoned politician age point of view, I mean, you know, Elizabeth Warren, you know, she, she kind of, she's up there, but the other ones, no, the, you know, I'll be blunt, the black ones, they pretty much, they can, they can hang. So pretty much you talking about individuals that may do for eight years as VP, but if everything goes well, we looking at whoever this VP candidate is, they're going to be president of the United States. It just, I mean, you can't mess this up. I mean, you can, but I mean, it, it'll be hard to mess this up. Because all you doing is filling in the grave that Donald Trump has dug for four years. And as a clinician, I've always told my clients, it takes longer to fill that hole that you dug from a mental point of view than it took for you to dig the hole in the first place. So pretty much, I, I, I still believe that Biden's going to do one term. I believe, I truly believe that he's going to win. He's going to do one term. And whoever he chooses as that VP, I believe that that individual will be the president of the United States after Joe Biden from the Democrat Party, I should say. And I just believe that out of five or six individuals who are black women, I believe that one of those black women are going to be 
Joe Biden's choice to be his running mate. And if I had to, I guess, hedge my bets, I just think that Senator Harris is going to be his choice. I mean, to me, in terms of her experience, um, you know, the presidential campaign that she ran, which was, she was, I mean, she hung in there. Um, not to mention, you want, if you're looking at demographics, East Coast, West Coast, I mean, you can't get no better than that. But I think also, from a Atlantean, I believe that the other women could be given high-profile positions. In other words, I just think that Mayor Keisha Bottoms, I just believe that the city of Atlanta, Atlanta in some way is going to lose their mayor. So, I mean, you know, it's kind of, you know, it's like a bittersweet situation. Yes, you want to see, you know, these cabinet positions, these powerful cabinet positions led by high-profile black women. But at the same time, yeah, I mean, Senator Bottom, I mean, Senator, I mean, excuse me, Mayor Bottoms, she's been holding it down for the city of Atlanta. But at the same time, when you good, yeah, you're going to be sought after. Just like, you know, like I said earlier, I'm a fan of Stacey Abrams. I believe that there's going to be a position for Stacey Abrams. I just believe that Stacey Abrams is going to be on Joe Biden's radar and that she's going to be scooped up. So without a doubt, yes. Yeah, that his cabinet is going to be very colorful, without a doubt. But at the same time, we're talking probably, and I want to say with President Obama, his cabinet, he has some he has some strong intellects on his cabinet. But I think Biden might supersede. Obama's cabinet which going back to the original point of the governor suing the mayor pretty much he hears those footsteps approaching from the back of him because pretty much Keisha Bottoms Mayor Bottoms future pretty much again is hers for the making and whether it's VP, which potentially can be president, she could become governor. I mean, let's be real. Kemp, Governor Kemp won because there were discrepancies in the voting procedure. He didn't beat Stacey Abrams, and there's no doubt in my mind, had his had his office as Secretary of State been checked, put in check, I still believe that Stacey Abrams should have, you know, I hate to rely that 
you put things like this in the hands of politicians, especially Republican politicians. You know, Stacey Abrams lost because she didn't get enough votes. And the number of individuals that follow Stacey Abrams' philosophies had those individuals voted, Stacey Abrams would be governor of Georgia. You know, whether, you know, you know, people want to say, you know, voting, voters were suppressed and all this type of stuff like that. You know, let's just call it what it is. People did not come out to vote. Plain and simple. And that's one of the things I, I just can't stand when I hear people say things. I only vote at the big, big elections. You know, which again, and I say this as a black person, I think one of the things that cripple us as black people, I think Democrats as a whole, is that we don't have knowledge of voting. We don't understand the election process. When a person says that I only vote in the big elections, when, you know, pretty much saying something like a national level, president of the United States, or in things like governor. I know people that don't even vote for the governor. Some might go for a senator, but you don't understand. Everything starts on the state level. Everything really starts on the city level. And I mean, it, it literally rises from the ground floor all the way to the top. Because without city councils setting up school districts and school districts setting up the PTA, which determines the grades for schools, and then the counties are set in place. Then the counties set the state reps and the state senators, and that's where the redistricting districting comes into place. Then when you do the redistrict to favor one party, then that party, it don't matter about the number of votes. It's about the electoral process. And when that individual on the national level gets that electoral number, they become president of the United States. I mean, Hillary Clinton. Hillary Clinton, she got the popular vote, but she didn't win the electoral college. Donald Trump became president despite the fact that Hillary Clinton got most votes. And see, a lot of people just, they don't understand this. They don't understand all of that starts at the local level. So, you know, to sit and say how important this election coming up, not just from the presidential point of view, but even these Senate races, because it's not going to do any good if Joe Biden becomes president and Mitch McConnell still runs the Senate. It's, it's, it's almost like driving a car with three wheels. I mean, it can be done, but your ride is not going to be as smooth. So pretty much, you know, I just wish organizations would take the time to focus on voter education, not just say get out and vote, 
but have forms that will educate people in regards to voting from the point of how it actually affects their lives. People don't, people, you know, I, I got a client. He has cerebral palsy. He's in a wheelchair, so he needs the sidewalks. The sidewalk where he lives at is just, it's raggedy. So when he's in his sidewalk, he literally has to redirect himself to go in the street, which is a four-lane highway, to get around the cracked parts of the sidewalk. And what I try to explain to him, if you were a registered voter, you can petition to your city councilman and your county commissioner and have them fix that sidewalk. You can actually have a coalition of individuals in your situation because you're not the first and only person that complains about this sidewalk. But if you all can get together, of course, you know, I mean, they'll listen to you even if you're not a registered voter. However, they will perk up more if you are a registered voter. And I mean, I hate to say it. Yeah, if you make contributions, they even perk up even better. But without understanding how politics work you're not you're not going to get anywhere you're going to fall on deaf ears so pretty much it is important not to just register to vote it's not important even just to vote it's important to do those things but empower yourself understand especially in the state of georgia georgia have so many games and they're right there in front of you. You just have to take the time to learn how this game is played. And once you understand that, I guarantee you will get better results on how to work the voting system anywhere, especially in the state of Georgia. In fact, let's stay on the subject of lawsuits because we got another one pretty much with the school system the argument is when should school start or how should school start there's a county in georgia cobb county where the teachers students and some family members are protesting the school's district in regards to them planning to start school in the very near future. Needless to say, Cobb County is a Republican county. So the thing is, they are following the policies of the White House. But there are students, teachers, and family members, and I say some family members, because, like I said, Cobb County is a pretty much um, predominantly Republican county. So pretty much they are really going to be a small minority 
in regards to going up against a Goliath situation because also Cobb County is planning to try to start school soon. However, a city in Cobb County, Marietta, has indicated that they still need more data and this data is going to force them to push back the start date so their families that are going to sue the Marietta School District because they are hesitant about starting the school on time and again Marietta being part of Cobb County a very affluent city such just like Cobb County it's like probably one of the top five richest county in the state of Georgia these parents are planning to sue the cop I mean the Marietta School Board for them to start school at the original time which of course you know nothing has been proven nothing has been put in place on how you're going to set up classrooms how you're going to keep students from interacting with each other i mean that's in, i mean let's be real that's impossible i mean that's that's virtually impossible then on top of that there's some schools that are actually saying that they're going to make the parents that bring their school the excuse me their children back to school they're going to make them sign waivers so that they cannot sue the county or the city if their child gets sick. I mean, think about this. That's like saying, I want you to sign this waiver after I sold you a car with four bald tires and you cannot retaliate against me when your tires blow out and possibly cause you to have an accident because it's almost inevitable you're going to have a blowout and you're going to more than likely have an accident but if you're willing to sign this so that our hands will be clear yeah come on bring your kids and there are people that are contemplating this. And you got to realize we're in a sad world when people do not care about their children. Where people are, when I, when I go to a store and I see family, when I see individuals in a store without a mask, I might see a man, I might see a woman. And they're in the store without a mask. And I look at their finger and I see a ring on their finger. So that lets me know this person is married. More than likely, this person is married with children. So basically, you're walking around in this store without any mask. Without, you know, I'm talking about like, you know, Home Depot or a grocery store or something to that nature. 
So no telling what you are breathing in, but you're willing to risk taking that home and affecting your family. And that that ain't even counting the times I've been in stores and you see whole families and not a mask on none of them. And I'm like, you know, my God, you know, these people, they don't care about their own loved ones. So if they don't care about their own loved ones, what do you think they care about you? Just to, just to prove a point. You're going to risk your family just to prove a point? How stupid is that? How ignorant is that? And you trying to appease their consciousness? No. You know, this, you know, and I guess maybe I'm wrong for saying it, but if if there was a way that you can filter the people that contract this virus, because I guarantee when they have these numbers of these individuals that are getting the virus, because it's like almost every day, it's like each day is almost getting higher and higher and higher. But I guarantee probably... And I might be lowballing it. 15, 20% of those individuals that are new cases, more than likely, they was doing something that where they did not take full precautionary measures. And, you know, it's like when a person comes in and you ask them the question, well, where were you? Did you take a mask? And see, of course, you know, more than likely, they're going to lie. They're going to say, yeah, I was masked. I had on five masks. And, you know, they're they they not going to be strong enough to sit there and admit, no, I was walking around. I was, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a mega hat wearing individual. I didn't want to wear this mask and I'll, I'll bite the bullet. No, they're not going to do that. They're not going to do that. They punk ass is going to sit there and say, hey, help me, treat me, take care of me. And what can you do as a doctor, as a nurse? You got to treat them. You got to treat them. So, uh, again, you know, it is what it is. Next subject, we talk about these military bases and these name changes. You know, it, I... As a, as a Marine, I did not realize how many military bases were named after um, Confederate, Confederate soldiers. And there's just so many bases that, uh, you know, you just, you've been saying it all your life, but you didn't know who these individuals were named for, especially other branches now as a marine yeah you know we we studied the names of lejeune and um you know camp pendleton and stuff like that because you know those individuals were um highly decorated but i mean i i didn't know fort bragg and other military bases you just never, you never paid attention to it. But without a doubt, yeah, 
there's a new dawn that's coming. People don't want to admit to the, the nature of the Confederate Army generals. I mean, flat out, these individuals, they were traitors. Yeah, I can say, oh, they were bad people because they were slave owners, yada, yada, yada. But, I mean, the fact is, they were traitors. They rose up against the government of the United States. I mean, I don't even get how, well, I, I, I understand the history because pretty much like what a lot of people don't realize, I don't think these things would have happened had Lincoln was not murdered. A lot of people don't realize back then when Lincoln or the president of the United States you didn't have a running mate, President of the United States and Vice President were first and second place. So pretty much it was natural that the Vice President would be your total opposite. In this case, yes, it was um, Vice President Johnson, of course. Lincoln was assassinated slash murdered. And from there, Johnson becomes President of the United States because actually, uh, Robert E. Lee and all these guys, they were stripped of their titles, everything. I don't even, I'm, I want to say they was imprisoned. However, once Johnson becomes president, he undoes all that, including taking away black people's 40 acres and a mule. So pretty much, after this is done and their credibility is reestablished, yes, then, you know, statues started being erected, which, uh, to my understanding, most of these statues did not start being erected until the 1900s. It was just a form of pretty much intimidation, upholding the, the Confederacy, you know, a tactic by the Ku Klux Klan, segregationists, to pretty much put in the face of blacks, pretty much, because you're talking about in the 40s, 50s, I mean, it's less than 100 years from slavery. So now, you know, we're gonna erect statues of the generals and uh, politicians that were slave owners, traitors, and pretty much it was a it was a it was a, a, t a form of intimidation. I mean, so now here we are, 2020, and people tearing this stuff down. And I just it makes me laugh when I hear white people say things like, "Oh, you're tearing apart our history." You know, half of you know, half of these motherfuckers can't even read a history book talking about it's our history. You don't even know your history. All you know is the Confederate symbol, which, by the way, is St. Christopher's Cross, which, you know, I'm not going to say that it don't have anything to do with the Confederacy. The flag was, the, that, that, that symbol was hijacked. I don't know why they chose that particular flag. I don't know what it represented. I don't know who was the first person that said, hey, let's use this flag. But either way, the flag is called St. Christopher's Cross. But either way, you know, it's just amazing how everything, you know, like I say, 
what goes up must come down. It's just some case, in this case, it took over 400 years for things to come back down, which I'm not going to say everything is resolved because I still believe it's not going to be that easy to make a change. I mean, going going to the presidential election, there's no way that when Trump loses that he's just going to leave easily. He's not. You know, I try to tell people, hey, y'all need to prepare for some shit because this is not going to end pleasantly. He is not going to exchange gifts like the Obamas did when he came in. He's not going to give him a tour of the White House, which, I mean, Joe Biden already been there. He knows what's up. But pretty much, it's it's not going to happen. It is not going to happen. Because, to be truthful, Donald Trump knows what's waiting for him once he gets, you know, removed, go past that exit door. There's a gang of people that want a piece of that ass with these lawsuits. And he knows it. He knows it. To wrap this up, finally, rest in peace, Congressman Mr. John Lewis. I had the pleasure of meeting John Lewis um, when I was still a student in college back in, I think it was 1996, at a book signing. And pretty much um, we shared some, you know, for a book signing, you get about five minutes to talk to the person. And some of the things that we just exchanged. And, you know, I just remembered the inscription that he put in my book. And, you know, pretty much from a freedom fighter of the past to one of the future. And, I mean, it just, that that touched my heart. In fact, I'll be truthful. I always remembered it, but I never thought about it until, you know, he passed away. And I looked at, you know, found the book and just read the inscription and it just I mean it it touched it touched my heart so again John Lewis you know from start to finish his life was about freedom fighting and I'm gonna do my best to try to live up to that inscription needless to say this was Another episode of There's a System to This Madness podcast. I am your host, Osaze Shabazz. As always, would love to hear from you. Love your comments. Whether you agree with me, disagree with me, I just want to hear your opinions. Until next time, God bless. Be safe. Take care.